Welcome to Where Brains Meet Beauty, hosted by Jody Katz, founder and creative director of Base Beauty Creative Agency. Hey there, get set to listen to Margarita Ariagata. She's a consultant and the former chief merchant of Sephora. And if you missed it, last week we hosted Marissa Arandondo. She's the founder of Face Bioactive. Both of these women are incredibly interesting. I hope you enjoy their shows. Oh, and one more thing. This episode is sponsored by Babblebox. Babblebox is an integrated influencer marketing agency run by my very good friend, Sherry Langbert. They're best known for their innovative co-sampling programs. Babblebox creates a competition-free, theme-based sampling program that places your products in the hands of social media influencers who are guaranteed to post, pin, snap, tweet, and share your message. I trust Sherry, and so should you. Enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Where Brains Meet Beauty. I'm so delighted to, to, to say today that we're joined by Margarita Aria Gada. Did I get that right? Yes. Close? Close yes. enough? Aria Gada. Um, she's the former chief merchant of Sephora, where she spent 14 years building that business. 11. Oh, 11 years. Sorry. Building that business. It felt like 14. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Where Brains Meet Beauty. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Um, I'm so thrilled that you um, agreed to be on our show. I'd like to share with our listeners how we met, because I think this is important. So... Um, and I'll take you on a little journey. I don't know if you know the whole way around, but Wendy Berger, who's the founder of Pour Lemon Fragrances, she actually works in the same office building with me, and I met her several years ago here. She introduced me to Caroline Fabregas, right? Um, since they're you know in the in the fragrance industry together, and Caroline is the founder of Scent Marketing, and then Caroline introduced me to you, right? And um, what I love about this is that um, Wendy and Caroline are just such incredible supreme connectors and so generous. Um, and I feel so honored that they chose to share their network with me. And you've been so generous to share your network with me as well. My pleasure. Um, so I just love this. Um, I mean, this is the most fun part of our business, I think. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I love um, the fact that I have more time to network now than I did before outside of the inner circle that I used to have. And so it's uh, very rewarding. Is, does connecting come easily to you? No. I can't say that it does, so um, it certainly took a little bit of courage um, to step out there and, and, um, you know, attend some things, attend some forums, Mm -hmm. um, introduce yourself, and um, I'm feeling a lot more confident (laughs) these days, and and it's just, like I said, it's incredibly rewarding. What were you doing before Sephora? Um, I used to work on the brand side. I used to work for a porcelain um, sculpture company from Spain, Collado. I was there for 10 years. I spent the majority of my time at Macy's, mm-hmm. um, like 20 years. Wow. And um, so, but I love being on the brand side. And, um, and I didn't have any beauty experience, actually. I'd been, I started out in fashion and spent the majority of my time in the home area. And, um, and who knew that I would end up in, in beauty? Right. So for so many years you were um, at Sephora, people were coming to you, right? So your networking was inbound, yes. right? And then you leave and all of a sudden it's, you have to actually make an effort, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. It was daunting um, because, you know, for a while, once you decide, okay, I got to get going, I got to get moving, enough with the traveling and the cooking and the decoration, the redecoration and all the things. I did so much cooking, you just have no idea how I was channeling that energy. Um, 
But, um, yeah, it, it, you know, finally decided no one's going to come knocking on your door. You've got to get out. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that, you know, like I said before, it does not come naturally for me. And, um, and it, you know, it just, you know, meeting one person led to meeting another person. And um, it's, you know, I've loved it. I really loved it. I, I love um, meeting all the people that I've met. Before we get started and dive into the, the meat of your career, Tell us how you'll spend your day today. Um, well, actually, um, today is not as heavy of a day as I had yesterday and um, as I plan to have tomorrow. I'm looking forward to um, having lunch with someone very special um, that I used to work with before, actually. And so it's a little bit of a reunion. And then I'll take a few me- a few meetings later on in the mm-hmm. afternoon here in the city. And you don't live in New York. You live in California, right? Yeah. Do you like coming here still? I do. Mm-hmm. I'm here often. Mm-hmm. I do. It's it's a great energy. Um, I love reconnecting, um, and my daughter lives here. Ah, so that's so it's great. It's a big, big uh, incentive for me. So yeah, I do love it. That's awesome. Well, um, I'm sure all of our listeners want to hear about what it's like to be on the inside of Sephora. So if you'll indulge us, um, <laughs> we'd love to hear about that. Um, let's go back to the beginning. How did you get a job there? Um, well, it was a serendipity type of a situation. Um, I used to, in one of my former lives while I was in Macy's, I used to work with the former uh, North American CEO, David Soliliano. And um, we had stayed in touch, but had not, you know, not too frequently. Um, he was at Sephora, and I was at Yadro. And... Um, I decided I was going to resign on my 10-year anniversary and just take a little bit of a break. Really? Um, and, um, and I was at JFK one day um, getting ready to board a flight. And he, at that time, was, he, had conduct, he was conducting a search for a head, of, head merchant for color cosmetics. And um, he was um, landing on the same gate that I was departing from. And he was the first passenger out, and I was probably one of the first in line. And so I remember the moment we, you know, we exchanged. We were so surprised. We had not spoken to each other for a long time. You know, he said, hello. And, um, and you know, what are you up to? And I said, actually, I'm getting ready to take a long, long, long break. You know, I've just resigned from my, uh, my prior role. And he would say that that was a little bit of a light bulb moment for him, um, that he he felt I was the candidate. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, we, you know, we said, oh, you know, we exchanged contacts. Mm-hmm. And he followed up very, very quickly and, uh, and convinced me that I would have a lot of fun at Sephora. I mean, actually, I, 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 I so loved being on the brand side. Um, I had been quite disillusioned with retail mm-hmm. um, and, uh, and the level of you know, lack of service. And I loved, I loved that Sephora was all about service and it was a great environment. And um, anyway, so went my, my long vacation because I literally started weeks after. So can we just back up to Yajo? You decided in your head, on my 10th anniversary working here, I'm going to say goodbye. It just sort of worked out that way. I felt that I had done everything that I could Mm -hmm. uh, within the organization. I had worn many different hats. I had started out in sales. Um, I had 
uh, I ran retail. I opened up retail for them. I traveled around the world and opened some flagships. Then I was in charge of product development. I commuted to Valencia just about every month for a few wow. years. Mm -hmm. And there really wasn't much more to do. I had done it. And the timing was that I was up on my 10-year anniversary, and it felt like like the right time. Mm -hmm. um, and it was on a January 2004. And where was that trip going to be, the long trip? Well, you know, my, um, my, I was born and raised in, in Peru, South America. And so for me, my default is get back to South America. Mm -hmm. The first thing is always get back to Peru um, and then any place else in South America. My husband's from Chile, so we love traveling. Oh, cool. And did you actually have a trip before you started Sephora? Did you have time to take no. that trip? No. No. <laughs> no. Good thing. Yeah, no good thing. Um, but yeah, it was a great journey, 11 years. And when you went through the interview process and the journey to getting the job, you felt like, I want to be doing this. Um, I, can't, I can't really say that mm -hmm. um, because I, was, I just so much feared the fact that you know, I was new to beauty. Mm -hmm. This was not a, a shoo-in for me. Um, you know, when I took the, the role at Yadra, I had been in the home industry. It was, Yadra was a brand that I had under my wing. And so I, I felt really comfortable and I knew where the opportunities were and what to do. Um, on the brand side, you know, think like a retailer. So it was a much easier transition. Mm -hmm. And I was in awe of Sephora and honestly, very, very intimidated. So, I mean, I, I think I probably spent the first year like deer in headlights. Wow, okay. Um, you know, it's, it's, it was so entrepreneur and, you know, it was successful. And, and I thought, oh my God, I just can't, I, I don't want to screw this thing up. And so, um, no, it didn't feel naturally to me, but, you know, I've always, I've always um, believed in the adage, you know, that you, you know, if you feel, you know, you feel you have those butterflies in your stomach, you know, it probably is the right thing because you want to, I've always wanted to learn and grow and expand. And, and so, um, so no, I convinced myself to, to take the job, but it didn't, it didn't feel like, oh, wow, this is it. Right. No. And no, after no, no. about a year, did you feel like the less intimidated? Um, I did. It took it took me a while mm -hmm. to to be perfectly honest. I mean, I think that that's probably uh, the most challenging part of my my time there. Mm -hmm. That it was such a different culture. Mm -hmm. It was so fast, and um, it's it's sort of a sink or swim um, type of a situation. Right. You know, just sort of figure out how to get on that on that path because things are moving so fast. And luckily for me, I was my roots of, you know, having started on the sales floor, mm -hmm. um, growing up in the, in, in retail and, um, it just really kicked in. I mean, I started to spend some time in the stores on the weekend. Mm -hmm. They took me under the wing and, um, and honestly, so did the brand community. And, and, you know, the pieces started to fall into place and I started, I thought that I started to get my groove and just when I was starting to enjoy, really, really enjoy, um, being the head merchant for Color Cosmetics, my boss said, 
um, how would you like to be SVP of merchandising? And I went, no, <laughs> no. Wait, did you really say no? Yes. <laughs> yes, no, no. The, uh, the head of HR had to talk to me and, and, you know, and let me know that would, not, that would not be politically good for me to turn that down. But I, I was really, really loving and just settling into that position. And so, you know, once again, I, I sort of stepped up and had to attempt to rise to the challenge. Mm -hmm. So then you needed to learn fragrance. You needed to learn skincare. Learn the rest of the categories. Right. And it was, a, it was at a time in which Sephora needed to scale. Mm -hmm. And we weren't quite prepared. And by we, we met, you know, I met the brand community that I had to figure out how can we bring them along. Mm. Um, and so, um, you know, the company literally gave me a year to figure out, you know, figure out your strategy, figure out how you get the brands to like, you know, build our infrastructure. We, we got to go. Mm -hmm. We, we got to scale the customers, your clients were really um, asking um, um, for um, the concept, you know, and the, and their, and their hometowns. And so, um, yeah, I grew fast. So when you say bring the brands along, this is coaching the brands on how to be able to support, go from, I don't know, supporting 30 stores to 130 stores? Correct, correct, mm -hmm. correct. I mean, I literally developed a little bit of a, um, of a cheat sheet, if you will, mm -hmm. around many different aspects that you typically look at in terms of an organization. Do you have the team? You know, and primarily, do you have the supply chain, the infrastructure? Right. And started to evaluate. Um, and then, you know, we put a time and action plan together and um, until, and then I just kept track of like, okay, 60% of there, you know, okay, we're getting to 80%. And finally, um, yeah, I, you know, the majority of the brands were ready to, to come along on the ride. That's and so fascinating. Because you're actually working as a, a coach to their businesses. Yes. To help them grow. Yes. And I think that's one of the most gratifying things at, um, in that role, mm -hmm. throughout the entire role, even as in the latter years as chief merchant, is really is that. I mean, that's the one of the most important things that I'll take away for the rest of my life. What a great journey we had together. I mean, we were vested. Right. And so, you know, we had a philosophy that, you know, you're you know, you're only as good as your smallest brand. And so everyone had to come along. Um, everyone had to have, you know, a seat on the table. And so you, you cared. You cared for every single aspect of the business, um, you know, just like an investor would. Right. Um, out of curiosity, what sort of relationship would the chief merchant have with, let's say, the head of marketing at an organization like Sephora? Would there be... Um, you know, the, so the marketing team is looking to make Sephora the only destination for beauty, right? That's their right, vision. Right. And you're building up the the why, yeah. right, um, with, with the brands and the products that you carry. What kind of communication or crossover is there? Completely integrated, completely glued at the hip with your cross-functional partners mm -hmm. at every single level. So at the merchant level, at the, um, at the vice president level, at the... At, you know, in my level, we had um, um, an executive um, team, and um, you had to collaborate and you know and synergize on the you know on the common goal. I mean, what I what I learned the most about Sephora, different than the Macy's environment, is how collaborative it is, mm -hmm. and you can't do anything on your own. Nothing. Right. Um, you have to do it with the rest of the teams. You know, hand in hand. So yeah, no, we were glued at the hip. 
So I'm watching um, the landscape that we have now, right? So four and Ulta are, you know, the one and two. I don't know who's one or who's two. It doesn't really matter, but they are there, right? Um, in my point of view, anyway. And I'm waiting for that. Who's that third, right? Who's going to round it out to be the other point of the triangle as, like, you know, where our hearts and minds are as customers. And um, I'm looking at a lot of organizations, you know, because, of course, as an agency, we want to help somebody get there, right? Yeah. So I'm really studying this. And yeah. I look at, like, a department store environment where, um, you know, I, my, my sense is that the marketing team is, is not connected with the merchant team, that there isn't this common goal to be seen as, like, the destination, right? They're, they're like maybe feel like two different boats going in two different directions. Yeah, uh, never during the time that I was at Sephora, mm -hmm. never. Mm -hmm. um, no, everyone was heading and marching to the same vision, right. same goal, and uh, very interconnected. Right, and I think that's what it's going to take for whoever, whatever oh, retailer, yeah. to get to that oh, number yes. three spot yes. is to be like so linked, yeah. so um, sharing of a strong vision of that we are for X, Y, and Z customer and why we're differentiated from Ulta and Sephora is X, Y, you know, A, B, and C. Yeah. But we are that for that consumer. Yeah. Um, and I'm not, I haven't seen it yet. And I haven't seen it come to life, you know, which is why I'm looking closely at it. Yeah. Um, but I love that you were able to benefit from that common goal and common vision. Oh, no, it was, it was a magical time. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it just, it was, um, it was Camelot for me, really, because it, it you know was there wasn't there from the very beginning, but enough um, uh, certainly in early on um, where that building development momentum you know that brand um, entity which Sephora stands for how that came to life mm -hmm. you know taking the concept from initially bringing a house of brands until you know to a concept that has a strong point of view a strong vision in terms of what it wants to offer you know, to, to its clients. So um, it was an incredible journey. Um, how many people at one point were, like, what's the most number of people that you're managing under your team at its largest? Well, probably about 80 to 100. Wow. And I had responsibility over the planning team for a brief period of time. For No, not a brief, for a good period of mm -hmm. time. Um, so probably 80 to 100 people. And and then back down once, um, once we um, separated the planning organization. Mm -hmm. And why leave? Why leave your Camelot? Um, well, it, it was time. You know how you just know it's time. I mean, for me, it was a combination of things. I, from a personal standpoint, I had um, late 2014. I had lost my mom, um, someone who um, was an incredible um, inspiration to me, and someone that I was very, very close to. Um, and her loss impacted me. Um, at the same time, you know, and I had, um, I had started to probably a, a good year or a little over a year, I had started to feel the change in the industry. And I, I felt that it was major. I thought it was big. Mm -hmm. I didn't know how big. Um, and that means, you know, the whole social uh, wave that was starting to build. And I could, I mean, I could feel it like a, like a barometer mm -hmm. in my body. Mm -hmm. And... Um, and, you know, I had to think to myself, I mean, I've been commuting for 11 years um, from L.A. to San Francisco. I had commuted for Yadro for 10 years. 
traveled all around the world. I traveled around the world when I was at Macy's. And so I had to ask myself, there's a there's a big chapter that's being written that needs to be written. Am I, am I going to be? Do I see myself here five years from now? And the reality was that I, you know, I didn't. And so I had to make that tough decision quickly um, that it was because I, I felt that this wave was rising fast, that it was an opportunity for my teams, our teams to rise up mm-hmm. and take ownership and, you know, and write that next chapter in history. Um, and so it was, it was a very spontaneous moment for me, to be perfectly honest. I thought, if I think it through, I'll never do this, hmm. if I overthink it. And, um, yeah, I just I, I made the decision cold turkey, and um, in hindsight, I think it was the right decision for sure. Do you think your team was surprised? Oh, I think everyone was shocked. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was shock, but you know things just happen in life that you just don't foresee, mm-hmm. and um, and that was, um, you know, the loss of my mom left a huge gaping hole, and um, and I had never experienced much of my family. I mean, I, I was a weakened mom and a weakened wife, weakened daughter and sister, um, and. And I thought, is you know, I, I've I've done a lot. This is the career I've had. No complaints. I've had the role of my life. Is this how I want to see my next chapter? And and I wanted a little bit more of a balance. My kids, um, coincidentally, were getting ready to graduate from college in 2015 at the same time. And I had missed so many chapters in there and their lives growing up. I just wasn't there. And I thought, I remember how daunting it was when I entered the workforce and, and how daunting it just feels today relative to then. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I want to I be there for them um, in whatever way, shape, or form I can, whether it's to kind of play HR for them or, you know, be on speed dial, as it eventually turned out to be. Um, and so, yeah, that balance finally kicked in for me. And how does it feel to now, what, this is a year later, or two years later? Three. Three years later. Um, does it feel very, does your everyday feel very different? Every day is different. Mm-hmm. Every day is a discovery. Every, every day is, I don't know what today is going to be like. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and I love it. Um, is that one of the biggest differences from having a a job that you go to every day? Yes. I mean, it's it's a little um, scary every single day. Um, and, and, you know, I've, I've learned to develop that courage. I'm not, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm very much an introvert. I'm not an extrovert. I'm not the most outgoing. You know, things just don't come that easy for me. Um, I've been very fortunate to have received a ton of reinforcement from people that have uh, given me that encouragement. And so, um, but I was mentally prepared when I left. Um, and yet, while I was still mentally prepare, prepared, it was daunting. And so um, I actually wanted to grow in, in that area. I, w- I wanted to have the courage. Mm-hmm. And, um, and now I'm loving it. I mean, it, you know, it's, it's, it's a great ride every single day because I don't know who I'm going to meet. I don't know what this relationship or this conversation or this meeting that I'm taking or this new um, 
um, project that I may be working on where it's going to lead me to. And I often take projects that don't come naturally to me just, just to see where it takes mm -hmm. me. And so I really feel like I'm growing, I'm expanding, I'm learning a ton. And, you know, I'm, you know, it's kind of like, woohoo, you know, kind of a moment for me. I feel very uh, stimulated. So for the people who are listening, and there's many of them who are considering career change and like real shifts like you have, um, what would you say to them if they're in that moment where they're kind of before, before the decision's made, you know, that yeah. sort of um, yeah. vacuum of <laughs> like knowing which direction I'm going in? Yeah. Well, listen, everybody's in a different situation. I certainly was in situations where I felt I wanted to leave a prior role and I couldn't. And so I would never say to anyone, yeah, jump, you know, no, you really have got to trust your, your instincts. Mm -hmm. And my instincts kicked in when it needed to. And, you know, and it was a sort of seize the moment type of a situation. Um, what I would say is I would encourage anyone to take the time to the extent that they can afford to. Mm -hmm. it, it, you know, we go through life so fast. And, um, you know, I don't have any regrets. Um, but if I could just slow it down a little bit, mm -hmm. if I could just slow it down, um, I would. Because you're, you're in a little bit of a race. You don't have time to think. And, and I always pushed back in that, in that role. I was in a very strategic role um, at Sephora. And you had to think. And there was no time to think because you're always on a deadline. You always have to figure out, oh, this is due. Okay, you've got to run to the next meeting. And, and then before you know it, you go, what? What year is this? How did this happen? And life is precious. And so, not to say that you shouldn't do, you shouldn't have these career goals and all these, you do, but really, it's not about the end goal. It really is about the journey. It's how you're interacting every single day with the individuals and they're your family, the people you spend the most amount of time with, and you're racing through all that. And so, allowing myself to get it out of my system, to you know, crossover, as I call it. I mean, I finally, I mean, I went as far as I could. I went to the Amazon, when, you know, when I, res when I resigned. The first thing I did was book a trip to the Amazon. Oh, that's so awesome. And so it, it gives you a different perspective. And, um, and we all need a little bit of, you know, check and balance on, on perspective. So I would encourage anyone to just allow themselves the time, if they can, to uh, reflect I think it's very brave, and I know a lot of people think it's brave, which is why they don't do it, because they don't think they're brave enough. Um, you know, if they, um, if you can sustain yourself for whatever amount of time on whatever you have in the bank and make a decision for yourself, that's going to be better for you and slowing things down and yeah. spending more time with um, doing the things and being with the people you love. Yeah. Um, it's hard. It's very brave. It requires a lot of courage. I'm very proud of you. Oh, thank you. Um, you know, I... Uh, I'm proud of me, too, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, many years ago, I left a job that I don't know that I... I mean, I liked it enough, but I was kind of bored. Um, and I didn't see it as an act of courage at the time to say, I'm just going to go start my own business. It just sort of felt like, well, you know, people in my business freelance, right? Yeah. It just felt very normal. Um, and now that I've been on the roller coaster, you know, owning my own business for 11 years, I realize that I am very brave and I have a lot of courage and yeah. um, I am doing something that a lot of people would shy away from because it's not easy. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about what you're doing now. Yeah. Um, tell us, how do you spend your time? So I, um, 
I consult. Um, I'm, I'm a strategic advisor, and I sit on a few boards. I mean, I try, you know, ironically, I kind of feel like I do much of what I used to do before. Um, I know what inspires me and, you know, founder's passion, a founder's vision. I mean, I sit on a board of brand, you know, Luxme. Um, um, that is a, a great mission uh, brand skincare and great founder with an incredible story. I mean, you know, it just, I'm stimulated by seeing the vision of founders that want to conquer the world. And so to the extent that I see that, I want to, you know, I want to participate. And so I'm selective and I choose on, I choose the projects that I think I can contribute, but that I feel highly stimulate or that, you know, or the uh, founders have, you know, strong vision for the future. And so I try and help them out, whether it's brand positioning, um, you know, brand essence, product, I'm a product junkie, or thinking about retail. I mean, many of the fundamentals, really, while the world has changed a lot, the fundamentals are still the same. And, you know, if you want to build a brand to last, you know, and sustain, you have to think about those things. So there is an element that I'm certainly learning in the whole digital social world, um, which allows me this consulting opportunity allows me that, um, you know, that perspective that I didn't have before as close as I have it now. And you said every day is different. Every so, day is different. Um, I find that to be true for myself as well, which is maddening and awesome at the same time. Yeah. Um, what do you do to give yourself the structure that you, you need um, as someone who's had structure for so many years? Yeah. You know, actually, while I had structure, I always pushed back on too much structure. Mm -hmm. um, probably because I came from the brand side, I was challenged with a culture that was so much in the office mm -hmm. when I had been on the on the road uh, traveling and being in stores as often as I did. And so I love taking meetings out and being out. Um, the structure is what has not changed is that I will take time on a Sunday afternoon after six and think about the week mm. and be very calibrated on my priorities. So I'm I, I've always juggled 20 things up in the air, and so this, I, I, I can move from topic to topic very, very easily, um, because I did, I've always done that before. And so, um, and then I know, I know the times that I need to concentrate, which are typically weekends. Mm -hmm. And so when I can have that quiet time and work on a strategy or on a, you know, a project, and, and go a little bit deeper. But I, I can juggle a lot, yeah. Are you a list maker, like, yeah. you, like on a notebook with a pen? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I write everything and I check off, and even when I've done things that were not on the list, I write them back in so I can check them off. And <laughs> just to have the satisfaction <laughs> of checking them off. Yes. I totally understand that. So for a while, I was a list, I would make lists in my notebook, yeah. and then, uh, you know, things would change. I moved the list. Like I'd move whatever song list to another page and I got yeah. really tired of the list moving. Yeah. So um, <laughs> I needed a new strategy where I wouldn't actually forget that there was a list. So I moved to making notes on my calendar of like, I just put it at any time that was available, like the things I need to do, even if it's in four weeks or three weeks. Yeah. So that the list is following me yeah. instead of me following the list. I yeah. don't know. There was like something about the, the notebook list that started to get so maddening for me. Crazy. Yeah. No, it's always been the same system for me, but it, but 
I do pri- I have buckets. I love this, and I do change the list from week to week. So I have a we- uh, you know weekly list, mm-hmm. and I love this white paper thing. I love looking at Chris white paper. It helps to clear the head. But my my lists are very prioritized. I, there's a bucket for the emails. Mm-hmm. There's a bucket for the you know the secondary things, the primary things. And I can tell you that if I have five minutes, I know exactly what I can get done in five minutes. That's awesome. I want to see this bucketed list. I need this inspiration. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. Well, it's been so wonderful oh, to have you here. You I'm so grateful me. that you decided. My pleasure. My uh, pleasure. Was this a little out of your comfort zone being on the podcast? Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. It's only because you insisted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not persuasive. <laughs> yeah, you're very persuasive. But thank you. And you know what? I really appreciate knowing you, Jody. You're doing oh. an, an amazing job. I, I love how um, engaged you are and, you know, you have such great follow-up and such a great human being. I really appreciate oh, you. Thank you so much for sharing that with me. I'm so delighted to know you. I um, What's happened in the past year for me of like the way that connecting that I've embraced it and the people around me have embraced it, it's yeah. changed everything about the way I live my life with my work. Yeah, um, It's so much more fun, so much more full of joy. Um, I used to feel so alone. Um, and I am a loner at heart. Yeah. And now I don't feel alone at all. Yeah. You know, and I feel like I I belong here, yeah, which is a new feeling here, for me. We're here for you. Oh, thank you, Margarita. Thank you. Well, for our listeners, I hope you enjoyed this interview with Margarita. Please subscribe to our series on iTunes. And for updates about the show, please follow us on Instagram at Where Brains Meet Beauty Podcast. Thanks for listening to Where Brains Meet Beauty with Jody Katz. Tune in again for more authentic conversations with beauty leaders.